Well, God bless you. It's so good to be back again with you today. Thanks so much for coming. And we realize it's not always possible to travel to a service somewhere and to fellowship with the other people there. So we bring the service to you wherever you are. Nothing can keep you from seeing this service and attending this service online. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you discover God's peace and His promises for your life. Would you open in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 5? That's where we're going to be today, and we'll also show those verses up here in the video for you, just to make it easier for you to follow along. Today we're continuing in our Beginnings series, in the Book of Beginnings, the Book of Genesis. Hasefe Bereshit, the Book of Beginnings. And today we've reached chapter 5. But I've got, to, I've got to tell you, chapter 5 is unlike any chapter that we've been through, and it's unlike any other chapter that we will go through in Genesis. It's a very unique chapter. In fact, you're going to find it's got the gospel in the Torah in chapter 5 of the book of Genesis. Now, if you're Jewish and you're probably scratching your head, and you go, what are you talking about? The Christian gospel in the Torah? Yep. The Christian gospel about the Son of God coming to give His life for mankind to save them and restore them to God. Right there in the middle of the Hebrew Scriptures, right at the start. You say, well, it doesn't look like it. It just looks like a bunch of names to me. Oh, you wait. You wait and you see what those names mean. So let's get started. Chapter 5, verse 1. We'll just read it. I don't know of any other way than just to read it. It's a short chapter. And then we're going to talk about it. And we're going to unlock that hidden message in chapter 5. It says in verse 1 of chapter 5, This is the book of the genealogy of Adam, Adam, in the day that God created man. He made man in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day that they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image. Named him Seth. Remember last week I told you in Hebrew we pronounced that Shet, S-H-E-T. So Seth can, the S sound in Hebrew can either be a S sound or it can be a SH sound, depending on where a tiny little dot above the Hebrew letter is. And so he named him Seth, as we say in English. And after he begot Seth, it says in verse 4, the days of Adam were 800 years, and he had sons and daughters. Remember we said last week someone was asking a question about, well, where did Cain get his wife, if the Bible's true? Well, right here it says it, right in that verse that Adam lived 800 and something years after he begot Seth, and he had other sons and daughters. And it was okay to marry them in that day. There wasn't any pollution of the DNA or the gene pool of humankind at that time. And plus, keep in mind that they hadn't even had the opportunity to have multiple generations at the time of Seth. Because his father was living 900 and something years. In fact, verse 5 says, So all the days of Adam, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Continuing on with verse 6. Seth lived 105 years and begot Enosh. And after he begot Enosh, Seth lived 807 years and had sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. 
Enosh lived 90 years and begot Canaan. After he begot Canaan, Enosh lived 815 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. And Canaan lived 70 years, it says in verse 12, and begot Mahalalel. And after he begot Mahalalel, Canaan lived 840 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. Mahalalel lived 65 years and begot Jared, or as we would say in Hebrew, Yared. After he begot Yared, Jared, Mahalalel lived 830 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years, and he died. And then verse 18 continues as we wrap up the chapter. It says, Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch. And after he begot Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. Enoch lived 65 years, verse 21 continues, and begot Methuselah. You've heard of him, the oldest man in the Bible. And verse 22 says, after Enoch begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Pause right there for just a moment. <clears throat> we're looking at Enoch, the guy who walked with God, and God just one day as he was walking with Enoch said, You know what? We're, we're closer to my place than we are to yours. Why don't you just come on home with me? Enoch was the man, the first man, if you will, who was raptured. He was taken away without dying. In fact, it's interesting, isn't it, isn't it, that Methuselah was the oldest man in the Bible, and yet his father never died. So technically, Enoch would be the oldest man in the Bible, but we don't know. I mean, once you leave this life and you translate into the Spirit, and God took him to heaven, then the time clock stopped, you see. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God, it said. 300 years, had sons, had daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not. He wasn't in this body anymore, for God took him, it says in verse 24. Then as we wrap up, it says in verse 25, Methuselah, Enoch's son, lived 187 years and begot Lamech. And after he begot Lamech, Lamech, you would say, probably in English, Methuselah lived 782 years and had sons and daughters. Now look at this. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. And I bet he was ready to go, too, at that point. I know even at my age right now, oh, I'm ready to go. The pains and aches that I have as I get older. But anyway, verse 28 says, Lamech, lived 800 and lived, I'm sorry, 182 years and had a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, This one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hand because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. Remember that the Lord cursed the ground 
for Adam and that he had to work by the sweat of his brow to have food to eat and to have bread and, and all of those things which he could have had for free in the Garden of Eden because he disobeyed God and, and ate and he and his wife ate of the, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil like the, God, like the Lord God had told them not to eat of. Then the Lord cursed the ground and Adam really had to work really hard to eat after that. So he says, now he called his son's name, Lamech called his son's name Noah, saying, this one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. And after he begot Noah, Lamech lived 595 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Lamech were 777 years and he died. And Noah was 500 years, and Noah begot Shem, Ham, and Yapet, Japheth, as you would say in English. Now we're going to go through these verses today. It's going to be an amazing journey. I'll tell you right now, you're going to learn some Hebrew today. But most important, you're going to learn some Bible today. Now we use the term gospel to mean good news. That's what it means. And where was the first place that the gospel appeared in the Bible? The answer may surprise you. And what I'm telling you right now, I am indebted to Dr. Chuck Missler, a wonderful Bible teacher who recently passed away, an amazing Bible teacher. And much of the information I'm covering with you today are from his series that he puts forth in the teaching. And you can still get those at Koinonia House or khouse.org. That's khouse.org. If you're interested, I know I use them. You should too. But anyway, the gospel. You hear about the term the gospel and you think, oh yeah, that's what Christians say about the coming of Jesus the Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And that's the term that they use. They call it the good news or the gospel. And so obviously it first appeared in the Bible in Habrida Chadashah, in the New Testament, right? Wrong. It first appeared in this very chapter. You say, well, Pastor Stephen, I heard you read the chapter just now. All it was was a bunch of names. Oh, it's far more than that. You're going to discover what those names mean in just a little bit. This is an amazing chapter to show that man may have penned the words, but the Holy Spirit of God moved them to write the things that God wanted them to write. When you look at the Hebrew, it's not enough to just look at the names and how you pronounce them today, like you would in English. As you already probably know, Hebrew names have meaning. But the meaning of these names in this particular chapter is an absolute miracle. And you'll see. These names, if you look at the roots and the meanings of these names, they tell a story. And we're going to get into that story. Methuselah was the son of Enoch. And it comes, his name comes from two words in Hebrew. Met, or mut, which would be death. Met. Who met? He's dead. Okay, mut is how they would say that in biblical times. And it was a root that meant death. And the second part of Methuselah is not Salah, it's Shalach. 
Remember that I told you that that S can be pronounced as an S, a S sound, or it can be pronounced as a SH, an SH sound, a SH sound. It's actually pronounced Shalach. So when you pronounce Methuselah, you're really saying two Hebrew words. Mut Shalach. Mut Shalach. Well, it says Methuselah. Well, that's because TH is not a sound in Hebrew, really. It's pronounced as just a hard T. So it'd be Methuselah. But I just told you the Salah was Shalach. So it's Metu Shalach. Well, Met is death. Shalach is a Hebrew word which means to bring or to send forth. So the name Metu Shalach, Methuselah, means his death shall bring. Here's where the his comes in. Met is death. When you see a U or an O after it, it's basically saying his death. Met with an O or a U, an U sound in that way, will be his death is what it says. Met to, met to, met death, U, his. And then shalach, his death shall bring. So there you go. And it had said his death shall bring. And then well, what? Well, Methuselah's father was given a prophecy of the coming great flood. And apparently Enoch knew that as long as his son was alive, that the judgment of the flood would be withheld. Because it said his death will bring. His death will bring, you see. And so he interpreted that to mean Methuselah, Methuselah, his death will bring this great flood. And so you can imagine with all the people there that, of course, understood the Hebrew language, Every time Methuselah got a cold or something, people were going like, Oh, we got to keep him healthy. He can't die. Then we'll all perish. But, you know, I, Chuck Missler cited this uh, scenario, and I think that's so funny. It's, it really is. I mean, when you look at it, people are people. And they were people then, and they look at these, and they're superstitious, and they didn't know what to, what to think about some kid named His Death Shall Bring, and then this great flood being talked about then. How would you like to raise a kid like that? Now let's talk about the names mentioned in this chapter. Here you go. Ready? Fasten your seatbelt. We're going to go through these things pretty quick. Adam was the first named on this list in this chapter. Adam, we covered it before. When we first introduced Adam in the book of Genesis, it means man. Adam is man. Even today, Israelis will say, Who been Adam? He's a man. Who been Adam? He's a son of Adam. That's what it means. Adam means man. But I also told you that it was taken from Adama, which is dirt. So Adam came from the dirt. Adam came from Adama. Adam came from the Adamah, or the dirt, remember? Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because it said that God formed him from the dust or the dirt of the ground. He was the first man, and that's straightforward enough, I think. We, we look at Adam, we know who he is, Adam and Eve, we all know that story. But then after Adam in this chapter, the next one mentioned in the genealogy was Seth, Adam's son, Seth. And right back there in Genesis, it says that his mother named him appointed. 
or you would know it as Seth or Shet, Bevrit in Hebrew. And it means appointed. And she said, For God has appointed me another seed instead of Abel, Abel, whom Cain slew. So now you have Adam, man, Seth, appointed. And next one in the list that we went through was Enosh. And Seth's son, as we read today, was called Enosh, which meant mortal, frail, or miserable. It's from a root, Anash, which means to be incurable, used of a wound or a, a sickness or something serious in the health of a person. And it was in the days that Enosh, that the men of the earth, began to call upon the name of the Lord, as we had read last week. And Enosh's son was named Kenan, Kenan, or Kenan, as you would say. And we get our word sorrow from Kenan. We don't really know exactly where it came from, but Kenan seems to be related to Canaan. I'm not talking about physical relationships. I'm talking about it seems to mean the same thing as Canaan. So Canaan and Kenan probably mean the same things, which is misery. And after Cain, uh, after Cain killed Abel, you could see that with his punishment, he was pretty miserable. And then after that, the next name that we had in our list today was Mahalalel. Now, maybe you're hearing some word that you know there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a Hebrew word. Hey, the reason why I keep getting it mixed up is because in Hebrew, we don't say hallelujah. We say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, and hallel is praise. Well, Mahalalel was mentioned today. He was Kenan's son, Mahalalel. So the one that was miserable or had misery as his name, now has a son, and the son, his name, Mahalalel. So remember, Mahalal uh, means praise, and El is the name for God. So Mahalalel means blessed God or praised God. And Hebrew names often include the word El because it's the name for God, and it's common for Jewish names. Remember, Daniel, you know him as Daniel, the prophet. Daniel, God is my judge. Now, Jared came after Mahalalel, and Mahalalel's son, Jared, was taken from the verb, which meant shall come down. Huyared, he came down. Yared, Jared, Yared, Yared, Jared. He came down. It shall come down. It's future tense in this one. So Jared means shall come down. Then Enoch, well, you know Enoch. Jared's son was named Enoch which meant teaching or commencement. Enoch was a preacher. He was a teacher, and he taught the ways of God to the people. And it's one of the first preachers that we see cited in the Bible. And then, of course, Enoch was the father of Methuselah, Methuselah, we've already mentioned. Enoch walked with God, and so God took him. But Enoch received that prophecy that when Methuselah died, that there would be that flood. And Lamech is the next one in line as we go through these genealogies. And Lamech, he's not the same Lamech as we said before. But Lamech is Methuselah's son, named Lamech. And a root still evident in our English word, we get our word lamentation from it. 
Lamech suggests despairing. The name Lamech means that there's despair. There's hopelessness. Well, the very next name, and the one that ends our list in Genesis chapter 5 today, is Noah. Now, in Hebrew, we call that Nuach. Nuach. And guess what? Nuach means rest. La Nuach means to rest. And so Noah, same, O can become the A. I'm sorry, the O can become, uh, the U can become the O. And Noach, and that A-H isn't Ah, it's Ach. Ach with that Jewish sound there in the back of the throat. And so Noah is Noach, and that even today means rest or bring relief or comfort to. Now, you say, well, okay, I get it. I hear a bunch of Hebrew names and they have meaning. I know you explain the meaning of each of the Hebrew names. Well, let's look at those another time. In fact, let's speed it up a little bit. Some of you are saying, oh, good. I never thought I'd hear Pastor Stephen say that. But let's speed it up a little bit. Go in the same order as this genealogy in chapter 5 went. Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah. That's what we're going to do. Now... Adam meant man, Seth meant appointed. Remember, Enosh meant mortal, Kenan meant sorrow or lamentation, Mahalalel meant the blessed God, Jared meant shall come down, Enoch was a teacher, he's teaching, and then Methuselah, his death shall bring, and Lamech, the despairing, the hopelessness, Noah, rest or comfort. Hmm. What are you saying, Stephen? Just this. Now, instead of reading the names, we'll put the meanings in exactly the same order. You could read the names and come up with Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah. If you were to read the meaning for each of those names, pay attention. Man is appointed mortal sorrow. The blessed God shall come down teaching. His death shall bring the despairing comfort and rest. Hmm, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God will come down teaching about the kingdom of heaven, and his death will bring the despairing rest. That's a gospel. Right there in the middle of the Torah, in chapter 5 of the very first book, the book of Genesis. I like what Chuck Missler said about this, and I'll just quote him on this. He said, there's no way you're going to convince me that a bunch of rabbis got together and hid the message of the Christian gospel right there in the book of Genesis in chapter 5 using those names. They wouldn't have done that, would they? No. Man is appointed mortal sorrow. But the blessed God shall come down teaching, and his death will bring the despairing rest. Isn't that amazing what God can do with the Word of God? You see, when you just look at the Word of God, and you let your eyes pass over the page, and you don't really take it into your heart, you're losing amazing treasure that you're losing that could go into your heart 
fix that heart, fix that hopelessness and take that all away. It can instead put the hope that God wants for you in your heart. It can put the joy and the peace of the Lord in your life. You may be facing trials and darkness, but it's in that darkness that God does his greatest work. That's how he created the universe. All that darkness, let there be light. And he created the heavens and the earth, it said, the very first day. He wants you to know this message, but there's more. He wants you to share this message with other people. How many Jewish brothers and sisters do you have that you know? If you showed them the gospel of Jesus the Messiah, right there in Genesis chapter 5, in the middle of the Torah, how many of them would like say, that's incredible. How did that happen? And you can tell them, here's how it happened. God put it there. So Jesus, the Messiah, must really be from God. Because here's God telling his story exactly as it unfolded when Jesus came and took our sins upon himself and died on the cross and rose from the dead. Here's God putting that very same story in Genesis 5, in the middle of our Torah. You're blessed to know this story. You're blessed to be saved by this story. Why not bless other people with this story as well? That's the gospel that God is sharing with everybody. And he wants you to share it with all around you as well. Don't be ashamed of him. Because if you're ashamed of him in this life, he'll be ashamed of you when you stand before him and not be allowed into the kingdom of heaven because he boldly gave his life for you. Why don't you give your life to him as a thank you for an amazing thing that he's done in giving you everlasting life and restoring the fruit of the tree of life to you that you may live forever. Amazing chapter that we've read today and we're going to continue in the story of Genesis next week as we get to chapter 6. And, oh, it's, it's going to be a lot of things that you recognize in our own world today, things that were happening right before the great flood that destroyed all life except for eight people. We're going to go through that next week. You don't want to miss the stories about the flood. We're going to go through it in detail and scientifically as well. Show you the evidence of the flood. You don't need it. The Word of God says it. You can believe that. You can take that to the bank, as we say. That's absolute truth. It, His Word is truth. The Word of God is always true. And it's that Word that teaches you how you can know Him and have everlasting life. It teaches you how your sins can be forgiven, how you can get a new start, not just one that you might mess up, but I'm talking about a permanent new start, a new start that is renewable every day. God's mercies are new every morning. And as you come to him, he will look out for you and bring you safely into his kingdom. He'll take that load off of your shoulders 
and you'll be so thankful. You'll start doing things to please him and, and to love him just because he's so wonderful and you see how much he loves you. Why don't you give your life to God today, right now? If you call out to him, he'll hear that cry and he'll answer you. And he'll rescue you from the darkness you're in. He'll shine his light on your heart. And you'll be given newness of life. He'll change you. He'll change you into a completely new person. Throw all of that bad baggage and history away. You'll be completely new, given a new start. And he will give you everlasting life in heaven. That's guaranteed by God himself. He came gave his life on the cross that you might be with him forever. God became a man and gave his life to show you, to show me how much he loves us. We want to give you an opportunity to believe in Jesus as the Messiah and Lord today and to receive God's peace in your life. You can be saved and given everlasting life in heaven by simply believing that God sent His one and only Son into the world to save us from judgment. To save us from the judgment that will come on all because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God's Son wants you to believe on Him as Lord and Messiah, the Son of God who came, Jesus. You will be saved. You could pray something like this to give your life to the Lord. Just repeat after me if you'd like. God, I do want to know you and have real peace in life. I do believe on your son, Jesus Christ, as Lord. Please forgive all of my sins. I give my life to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, God heard you. And he's already started working in your life. A little seed's been planted deep down in your heart. You won't see it at first because it's growing underground, you might say. That's why we call it a seed. It's a seed that's been planted deep down. And over time, you're going to begin to see the wonderful changes that God's making in your heart. Get in a good Bible-based church. Read about Him and His Word. The same Word we teach through every week here with you. Get in a good Bible-based church where they teach the Word of God. Learn about Him and His Word on your own. You read it, and you talk to God every day in prayer. He's going to do wonderful things in your life. 